The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, what's up? It's your girl Tamara, a.k.a. Girl from Harlem. And what's up, everybody? This is Ray Daniels, a.k.a. The Culture Referee, and this is The God Show. Welcome to our party. Let's get to it. All right, so it was a really busy weekend um, in the industry. We had Rolling Loud NYC, we had the Revolt Summit, and we had the iHeartRadio Festival. So we had the honor of actually being able to attend the Revolt Festival. Yeah, it was dope. We had the honor of being there, and um, we saw a lot of people. A lot of people gave us compliments on the podcast, let us know we're doing something right. It felt good to be embraced by the culture, because that's what we do this for, our people. Let's get it. Yeah, one of my favorite things was, one, so the overall theme this year was the future is now. Yes. Um. So what is your takeaway? What do you think the future is for the culture? Um. I think the future of, of, of the culture and the music business and just the whole world is community. Um, you know, the one thing that I liked that Revolt was doing was that you could tell that they were going into, like, like people don't watch TV anymore. Like, and if we do watch TV shows, it's usually on demand. Like, one of my favorite TV shows is Succession and Billions. I don't know what time they come on. I was going to say Family Guy. No, no, Family Guy too. But my thing is this, even Family Guy, what time do they come on? Nobody, nobody worries about that. We watch everything on demand. So I think that what they were doing at Revolt about, you know, just like creating these small communities, whether it's the Carisha Please community, it's the Earn Your Leisure community, and they're attracting their tribe. I think that was really smart how they're like going into another direction. I thought that was dope. You know what I'm saying? Signing creatives, building creatives. That's what this shit is about. Like, the, you know what the biggest TV network in the world is? Let me tell you the two biggest TV networks in the world. You want to know what they are? Uh, nope. Instagram and TikTok. <laughs> Not, I'm not even being funny. That's Think about fact. it. Like, we watch Instagram and TikTok more than we watch Fox, CBS, MTV, any of those. MTV, I mean, so Instagram and TikTok are the biggest TV stations in the world. So I think the only way to compete in this new world is to be able to mobilize and get in people's phones in any by any means necessary. So I love what Revolt is trying to do. I love what they're about to do. So that was dope. Yeah, one of my favorite speakers this weekend was the CEO speaking and saying all the plans that they had for the future. I think that they're really 
plan and navigate the future. I mean, the our culture forward, and they're going to be a really like pivoting strong point in how we move forward and what we do. And they really care about black people getting paid what they're supposed to pay. Yes, I think that was black a people. Point. It is time for us to get paid. If they're not going to give us our reparations, at least let us get opportunities at the table to see our value, so we can get paid for it. Okay, so Braxton must really like this damn sound today. Like he, 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 he uses it three times in the first three minutes. <laughs> this nigga used to use it three times the whole show. So he's saying a lot of clap worthy things. Nah. Um. So Rolling Loud NYC was also this weekend. Um. So we recently spoke about Ice Spice and what was going on with her. It seems like a lot of so Fabio brought her out this weekend and the crowd didn't seem to move. It seems like people have this like love. They don't even love her. They kind of hate her. Like, they love the song, but they don't like her. What do you think that's the about? The problem with the music... Well, I want to stop saying the problem. The challenge that we have in the music business now is, is that artists are either the song is bigger than them or the, the artist is bigger than the song or they live separate lives. Mm. So I think Ice Spice is a good prime example of two people living separate lives because the song is huge in the culture and she has a very distinct look that keeps her huge in the culture but that doesn't mean that we like you for the song right and that comes from she has to have, go through the development process on how she's gonna grow with her because even when she came out she didn't have the afro she had a long hair mm-hmm. off brand off brand off brand you have to decide who they were you like, are who is this girl exactly mm-hmm. and that's what I'm saying like but that's all part of the artist development process so my thing is this is I would say you like her song great now it's her chance to make you guys like her because right now we don't know who she is we just know we liked her look Drake was co-signing her French Montana all these guys were co-signing her so that inserted her into the culture meanwhile her song takes off because I know that's not her only song that she has out right so the song takes off so now the song is growing over here her brand is growing over here and they have to find a way to bring them together and that's the new uh, challenge that we're having in the music industry is how to make artists match their brand to their music and vice versa. That was the biggest conversation that came out around her. So it was like, you guys are so quick to throw somebody out into this world stage before they even get any proper preparation to be on these stages. Well, here's the problem. Here's the challenge. They didn't throw them out. One of her songs took off. Meanwhile, Drake is co-signing her, taking, showing her around. So it, everything grows like this. But the problem, the challenge is, is that you have to stop signing people if your only intent is to break their music. Like, that's, the, that's our biggest issue that we have to go against. Like, you can't just sign the artist because, and, and you don't even care about them or their consistency. You just like a record they have. It's such a, a hard balance that we're trying to figure out. I was in New York this week meeting with labels and I feel like everybody's trying to figure that problem out because the music business now is making more money than it's ever made. But we have the least amount of stars than we've ever had. Why? So what's going on? What's different now? Today? Well, because 100,000 songs gets uploaded every day. So that's 1.4 million. No, no, no. no that's, that's, I'm not getting into the numbers. Man. Seven, no, that's 700,000. 1.4 million every two weeks. That's 2.8 million songs a month being uploaded. Like... One of those songs is going to catch, mm-hmm. right? But that doesn't mean that 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 person that sung that song, you're going to care about. So we have to start. So artists listening have to decide. They have to prove themselves outside of the music because the music can be good, but that doesn't mean you're an artist. 
That just means you made a dope song that we like. So are you a song or are you an artist? And if you're a song, then, hey, we love your song. You won. But if you're an artist, then there's a lot of work that you have to put in to prove into the world that you are an artist. Simple as that. So speaking of you going to NYC, I want to speak of an NYC rapper. So along with rolling out going on, um, a lot of NY-based artists got banned from the big stage. Because of drill music. Because of drill music and NYPD was kind of fearful for what that would do to the crowd. ASAP Rocky decided to go on stage and say that NYPD was dead wrong, blah, 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 blah. Um, My issue with it, okay. So my issue is that a long time ago, Rocky said that he couldn't relate to police brutality that was going on and he didn't want to speak on Ferguson because he didn't relate because he lived in Soho and Beverly Hills. How long ago did he say that? It doesn't matter. Why do you now? He was closer to living in the hood back then. He might not have had enough context to make a proper decision. There are, we he have, said he couldn't relate to police brutality. He probably couldn't. I grew up with Rocky personally. I have pictures of me. This, this man knows about police brutality. That doesn't mean he experienced it. He, you, you don't have to experience something to know about it, to be able to speak on it, to be able to defend it, to be able to say if it's right or wrong. My... This is not about my feelings. The well, maybe question, he was trying to protect his pockets at the time. Who knows? Merry Christmas, whatever. I'm just the saying, issue okay. is, I love this. Let's so go. why does he now get to speak to NYPD? And then when he, before he spoke to them, he decides to go, NYPD, I love y'all to death, but y'all dead wrong. Now you love them to death. Why can't like, you say that? Oh, why can't that's like that's like that's like a male's way of saying respectfully, you know. Respectfully like, would have worked. It would work. But that's a female term. Respectfully, like period, not, that came, respectfully, respectfully came from Justin L.A. halfway a little bit. He's the one who popularized the term. Yeah. Respectfully and, and, was and, not and, a And his thing. page was driven by women. You're right. And but, I've never heard the man talk to say respectfully. All right. So wait, let me hear your point of view on why Rocky gets to speak now to the police and couldn't speak about them before because now he really... Because growth is a natural human thing. And sometimes we have to allow people to grow. He has grown. Okay, if that's the case, then we should blame every black man in the world who's successful that lived in New York because y'all were all taking pictures with Donald Trump in the 90s. I had a group called Trump no, in the 90s. No, y'all was all taking pictures with Donald Trump in the 90s. And then, and you can, you can drop the bomb. No, no, no. Now you would have no. used the sound. Okay, no, no, I'm saying y'all were all, y'all were all, everybody was taking pictures with Donald Trump in the 90s. And then he became someone else in the 2000 teens. And they turned on him. So we're going to blame them for the, what they didn't know? He probably didn't know. We got to give people a break. We have to. We have to give people options. We have to give people room to grow. Now, if he said the same thing now and you felt that way, then that's different. But he actually addressed it. Thank you for coming on to our side of things. I love it. You don't think so? No. I just think you give him a hard time. It was literally during... I think if that man was ASAP Rocky from Brooklyn, Tamir wouldn't give a damn. But because she, he from Harlem, you're holding him accountable. That's yeah, what I that believe. that makes it even worse. I know that you grew up on the same street, seeing the same police brutality, going through the... Going to the same schools as me, going, fighting the same fights we fought. So for you to sit there and say now, all of a sudden, you just got signed. It's not like you're that far away. But removed. he probably didn't want to fuck up his money because that probably wasn't a popular subject back then. But you, it was. It was during Ferguson. It was like during the during heated... It, it, I Googled I it this morning. Okay, I maybe, well, it. maybe I you're right. Once again, I said I don't know. I didn't say for sure. You want me to pull up? No, I, no. I want. You, I know what he said. I remember when he said it, and it might have been during Ferguson. That's true. But Ferguson, Ferguson, the Ferguson struggle and the George Floyd struggle was two totally different struggles. 
George I don't want to talk about entire- no fucking Ferguson and shit because I don't live there. I live in fucking Soho and Beverly Hills. I can't relate. I'm in a studio. I'm in these fashion studios. I'm in these bitches' drawers. I'm not doing anything outside of that. That's my life. That is his exact quote. And, so he forgot and, all and, about and, his and time in Harlem And the award now. for the most ignorant thing said about Ferguson is ASAP Rocky. Thank you. But does that mean he cannot come back? That's my question to you. Does that mean he can't change? Because that is ignorant as fuck. And I'm pretty sure he would say that's ignorant. By the way, there are probably things you could find that I said on the internet <laughs> eight, nine years ago that I probably would say today. That shit was ignorant of me to say. But I'm not going to allow you or anyone to hold me against that because that means you're not allowing me to have the same growth that you're allowing yourself to have. So we got to decide what we're doing. Wait, so what am I supposed to do? Forgive Rocky for his... No. Don't forgive him. Okay. Hold him accountable. Yes, I just want him but to allow, But allow him to grow. Okay. A lot, Because Dr. Dre once said, and I don't smoke weed or cess because it's no to give a brother brain damage. And then four years later, he drops the Chronic album. <laughs> he said that on Expression. So I'm saying like, oh, he didn't smoke when he said that. I'm shamed. Now, exactly. We have to to leave room for growth. We have to. We just have to. I, we got to stop holding people accountable to who they used to be because that's not fair because you don't want to hold you accountable to who you used to be. This goes exactly properly, perfectly into my next topic. Ooh. So Cardi B... By the way, this is a great show. I love this. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Mary's on Adderall or something, but she came ready to motherfucking go. Let's go. Give her um, a round of applause. So speaking of change, Cardi B, of course, won her lawsuit. I think we spoke about that already. And she says that one of the reasons why she decided to cop out was because she wants to do growth. She wants to move on. Um, she has a new song out with Glorilla called Tomorrow. It's been doing really good. It's hard. Um, the people are really excited, but they are comparing how she has been working with new artists versus how Nicki Minaj has been working with new artists. And in that... A whole nother beef started brewing um, with Akbar. Why are women beefing so much? We think that the fans do it. No, I think women, I think, I think that we have, something has happened in our culture recently that has made women start acting like men. And I'm not going to lie, it's such a turn off to me because women have always been, since the history of time, the better versions of men. You've never heard a wife say, my husband is so much better than me and I'm lucky to have him. But every husband says that. Man, what wife is the best thing to happen to me. And I feel like we're going into this place now where women are starting to act and behave like men and it's becoming very, very scary. Y'all forced our hands. We got to uh, provide now, for ourselves. We got to defend ourselves. So I think guess that what? it's just And guess what? We have taken the blame since the beginning Good. of time. Well, keep taking and it. now... I don't think anybody's blaming the Cardi B argument, the Akbar V, the Nikki, the any argument on the man around them. No. Well, Offset did get into it, but not by choice. Akbar brought him in. So my question was, where are the boundaries when we having these arguments? Like, because she done brought up sisters, kids came in, they done told each other to dairy, bring up their dead mothers. Like, it was a lot of low blows going on. So, like... Can I say something? Yes. That's what happens when women argue. Yeah. Because when men argue, we understand if I say something a little while, there's a chance that this dude's going to want to kill me. And women are catty, like, ah, ha, 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 whatever. Like, but y'all are going to fight. But when men fight, it's a chance that someone can die. It's just, that's what I'm saying. Watch when we start having women beefing with each other and then one of them get killed. That's what it's going to be like. She was a mother. <laughs> she had children. We can't, we got to protect black women. Well, then we can't protect you if you're out there going at it with another woman. 
We can't protect you if you're out there behaving like a man. So the only way I can protect the black woman is if she acts like the better version of me. Because you're supposed to be the one telling me to calm down and that I'm better than that. But if we both, like, just think about this in, in history. In history, the, one of the most famous couples in black history was Bobby Brown and Whitney Houston. Exactly. Everybody blamed Bobby Brown yeah. for the drug problem. Bobby took every punch. And then after Whitney died, you hear Whitney brother saying, man, Bobby couldn't handle the damn drugs. We gave him the drugs. But that man took every punch. They blamed him for everything wrong with this woman. And the whole time it was her. That's how culture has always been. When a woman is doing something bad, they don't blame, blame Bonnie. Bonnie met Clyde. And Clyde was the bad influence. And Bonnie just followed her man. And they died, right? Now it's going to be Clyde is following Bonnie and they're going to both get killed. Like, we have, to, we have to decide who are we as a fucking culture. Like, I want my woman or the women around me in my life to act like women. And I will act like a man. And I will protect you and I expect you to protect me. But our protection feels differently. Your protection is different than my protection. Your protection is holding me back from my shoulders. Getting in front of me so I don't go do something stupid. My protection is, is making sure that you are always treated like a queen. But when you're acting like a bitch, what am I supposed to do? That's a question. It's a question. We need more than one sound. Braxton got to get more sounds. I know. Because this nigga only got the want, 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 or the, or, the, or that sound. He needs to get more sounds. But I'm asking, like, if you acted like a man, how am I supposed to protect you? If you I are, understand. If you're out there, motherfucker, bitch, like, bruh, if I, if I call a man a bitch... I know there's a penalty coming to that. What then? What my favorite pimp C quote of all time, and a fight coming with that. <laughs> Y'all don't know who pimp C is. Everybody looking at me. No, we know, know. Who pimp C. Come on, man. Pimp C said, and a fight come with that. He gonna smell my cologne. And that's how men move. Now women are moving like that. It's weird. So that's why one thing I will give about Nikki. Nikki moves, Nikki moves like, I'm above this shit. I ain't getting into the trenches fighting y'all. I'm not about to be fighting. That's one thing I give Nikki. Nikki has always, she she has stood up for herself because she's a strong woman, but she's always been like, I'm going to be a woman. Y'all not going to see a nigga when y'all see me. I'm going to always be a woman. That's because her man is who I'm in. Her man, when her man was Safari, she still moved like that. Mm. She always moved like the queen. Seriously. You don't think Beyonce gets mad? You don't think Beyonce want to say, I'm going to fuck that. But she understands. So eliminate. I am a lemon. Yeah, but she also understands that as a woman, I have a way that I have to be able to communicate this. Because my kids are going to grow up and see that. And I don't want my kids growing up seeing me acting like my husband. Oh, yeah. It got nasty. They started putting out old sex tapes. It was, was a lot. terrible. So, yeah. So I think that, like you said, go back into your feminine energy. Act like the queen Yeah, man. More, more feminine energy from the women and more masculine energy from the men. It's, it feel like it's reversed right now. Men are acting like bitches and women are acting like niggas. And I don't understand how we got here. Well, some men that are being men and doing it the right way. Drake gives Lil Wayne his flowers. He says to Lil Wayne, I wouldn't be who I am without you. Um, why do you think that Drake, well, one, why don't you think that men give flowers to each other? I think we do. Something? That's the whole point of Drink Champs, is to give flowers. That's the whole point of the show Drink Champs. Give flowers to each other. Men, men have calmed down. That's what I'm trying to tell you. We're acting like civilized adults. Like, man, I want to celebrate you. Let's talk about this. Like, we don't want the drama because we don't want to kill each other. We don't want to hurt each other. We really want to make money and hang with our lady, but our lady out there popping mm -hmm. shit. Then the other question that goes along with that is, um, 
So why do you think that Drake was a little bit different than everybody else that came up on Young Money with him? And also, so that's how the conversation of Max B came up, because I wanted to know who was on the double XL freshman um, cover with him. Drake was, Drake is a Canadian. We never forget that. They are polite. They are nice, polite people. What? I said something wrong? Didn't the man that shot... Nothing. Didn't manage that way. Nothing. Say it. Go nope. ahead. Please. I want you have to do this. This is what the show is about. Go ahead. Ain't what's his name from Canada? Tory Lane. Yes. Yes. Don't start this with me. We don't know. But we don't know if he shot Meg. Yeah, but hear me out. Hear me out. I but, knew that. But That's why out. I wasn't gonna say but, it. No, 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 no. I'm saying, but hear me out. But Tory Lanez, he still has been a man. He still handles it like a man. He's not out there. He don't talk about gun gunfire. That's not what his music is about. He doesn't like kill a nigga. He ain't did that. He just a real nigga that if you fuck with him, he gonna step up and do something about it. He just but had a I'm temper saying, tantrum because somebody didn't give him a pound. Yeah, and he wanted to step to him because I thought we were cool. That's what a man should do. Not we got a problem. Canadian men. No, I'm just saying Drake is Canadian, and and we also don't factor in that his mother is white, right? So he probably grew up in a house with a different type of temperament, right? When you mom, I've seen my mom go off. Have you ever seen a mom go off? Very rarely, but yes. Okay, my mom goes off. My mom, she doesn't do it as, she hasn't done it in years, but my mom would go off, right? So he grew up in a Canadian household. He has a white mother and he's, no, I'm being honest. Like, no, I know. And he's a, he, he is a, he also, this is my theory on why Drake became Drake. Because Drake was always a, 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 a spectator of culture. He never was in it, right? So sometimes when you're in it, you don't realize what makes you dope in it. You just in it. It's like, like I don't think Biggie knew how great he was, cause it was just in him. And he was when you in the hood and you just rapping, you just everybody around you telling you dope, but you trying to get the fuck out, right? You you're trying to escape that. Drake wanted to enter the jungle. He wanted to enter the jungle. He wanted to be a part of that. So he came in with a different respect for the culture than someone who has to wake up and live this shit and fight it every day. I come from the projects. I don't like the way I don't like how my childhood was. I don't take. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a badge of honor, I guess, that I'm, I, I escaped it. But dog, imagine a kid who saw it from the outside looking in, and then went inside. Everything everybody did around him was dope. Like, damn, that's how y'all talk. Oh shit, Jake talks like a Canadian, but he raps like he's from the south. Sometimes he raps like he's from the west. He raps like he's from. He can give you a patois accent. That's because he is. He comes from a melting pot of cultures, and he's he's entered in those places at times. And he has. Here's another thing that Drake does that's incredible. He has so much respect for his peers. He has so much respect for. Like I don't think there's been a more respectful rapper in history than Drake. For his peers, this man is like. He'll give a battle rapper bow that man. You're great because he is he. He comes from a place that admired our culture. He wasn't fighting it every day. So like a Max B or these other guys, these niggas was these niggas was sauced up, but they was fighting every day to get out. Drake was trying to get in. That's why when he got with Young Money, he he like it's a song I always say. Listen to Drake's Replacement Girl. Listen to how he rapped on that song, and listen to how he rapped on Best I Ever Had. Replacement Girl, he could rap his ass off, but his accent was super proper, right? And then you go to Replacement Girl. I mean, you go to Best I Ever Had, and it was like, it was like, baby, you're my everything. But on, but on replacement, he was like, let me take it to the bottom of the map where the guys went to. He was rapping properly, so he got around Wayne and them, and he starts saying, you know, it's like you get into an environment. It's like when you come from the suburbs and you go hang around your cool cousins in the hood. 
And they be like, and it's like, they just do shit there, but you be like, yo, that's cool as fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh, you put that, and then you start picking it up. That's what really happened. But that's why he hasn't lost yet. Because he's always been a spectator of our culture. And now he takes over. Now he is like a leader in our culture, but he was a spectator. Like, we don't give Lil Wayne, I just, I just gotta stop and say this. We don't give Lil Wayne enough fucking props. Fuck the sound bike, Braxton. Stop using that, that shit, man. <laughs> fuck. Sound bike, man. I don't want to keep handling. You need to get another sound. We don't give Lil Wayne enough props. Do y'all not understand? I have a 13-year-old son. My son will be 14 in a month and a half. Do y'all realize that Lil Wayne was my son's age, basically, when he said, loud pipes, big rims, nigga, that's my life? Like, this nigga said, bling, bling. Like, this nigga was 14 and made the term bling, bling, my nigga. This nigga was 14, bruh. And making lingo that niggas have been using 26 years later. I think it's an addiction, I react. Bruh, it is an addictionary, mm-hmm. bruh. I, this nigga was 14. When I pull up at the club, sorry, that's my life. We, he said, he said, you ain't really got more money than me. Think about it. Let's just say somebody gave me a check to think about it. Like, he was fucking 14, my nigga. He's a 14-year-old kid that, that, but that's magic. That's a nigga that just, that's God touching somebody, giving them something. Like, Lil Wayne is like touched by God in a way that other niggas are like, nigga, Jay-Z got on. And mind you, Jay-Z is the ultimate God MC. Jay-Z got on when he was 28. Nigga, Rick Ross was fucking in his 20s. Niggas in their 20s, they mid-20s. This nigga Wayne was 14. Bruh, that nigga is a national treasure. So Drake should give him props. Because let's be clear, Drake has not said... Drake has not created any lingo that has stuck within the culture except for the six, maybe. That's the only thing he's done that he called Toronto the six. But nigga, this nigga Lil Wayne did fucking bling bling, my nigga, like when he was 14. Come on, man. When you was 14, what the hell were you doing? You weren't thinking about giving something to the world that they can remember and love forever. We need to cherish Lil Wayne and his talent. And the crazy part is that 26 years later, that nigga is still a monster. He never cheated the process. And if he didn't go through all that bullshit with cash money that he went through, there's no telling how much further in life and how much farther he'll be as where he is. But even now, that nigga still is nasty. He was 14. That means he was rapping when he was like 11, 12. So we got to give him more props. So Drake should give him his flowers. The whole music industry should. Because how many niggas you know are on a 26-year-old run and just turned 40? He just turned 40 yesterday. How many niggas on a 26-year-old run and just turned 40? Hov is on a 26 year old run and he's 50 something years old. That's what, I was That's what I'm trying to tell you. Like, Hov and Lil Wayne came in the game at the same time. Hov was 28, getting off helicopters in the Lexus, like getting money. This nigga Lil Wayne is in the Calio Projects. No. Yeah. Oh, oh, they're not from Calio. I think, I think Master P is from um, Calio Projects. Don't, don't hold me down. He from, he from, damn. Holly Grove. Yeah, Holly Grove. But my thing is this is that Jay Z is 28. Getting money, just getting into the rap shit. And Lil Wayne is 14. Come on, bro. That nigga. Bro, we don't even, I don't think we're gonna ever see nothing like that again. He's probably the closest thing we ever had to Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, because like being around and at your peak up until that point, because at some point in time you go, and even now, Drake and Nikki, you can't, Nikki is still arguably the biggest rap female of the, in the world, still. And Drake is the biggest rap rapper in the world. And they still, and he gave us them too. Bruh, that nigga's incredible, bruh. 
Go listen to that Rich Niggas on Juvenile album, nigga. When he starts off, nigga, I'm fucking, I'm 16, 17 when that shit drop, and I'm bumping a 14-year-old kid, loud pipes, big rims, nigga, that's my life. When I pull up at the club, sorry, that's my, like, this nigga was pulling up at the club at 14. I believe that. What? Like Incredible. Incredible. And he's always been above the drama and rap. He's never had to deal with rap beef. Only beef he really ever had in his life was cash money and the beef that they had, and they had to work that shit out. And even in that middle of their beef, Baby would be in this room recording, and Lil Wayne was in that room recording. Did somebody just... showed up his tour bus? Yeah, but that was that was somebody beefing with him. Uh-oh. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Like That's what I mean by he's been above it. Like, Gilly the Kid might have dissed him. Somebody might have dissed him here and there, but he's... He's never gotten to them. He ain't been on that Pusha T shit where it's like, I've been waiting for a nigga to say my name on record so I can eat him alive. And he can. Bro, cherish that man. All right, so in a... He's a GOAT. He's in the GOAT Hall of Fame. Oh, 100%. Our show is called The God Show, and The God Show stands for the GOATs and the underdogs. He is the GOAT Hall of Fame. Was he ever an underdog? Yeah, I think so. Because you got to remember, also there's something you got to think about. He's the youngest person in one of the biggest rap groups in the world. And they all split up. BG ends up in his situation. Turk ends up going to jail. Juvenile ends up leaving, and it's just him. And he now he got to go fuck with other rap niggas. So now he's in New York with these rap niggas. He's in Cali- he's in California with these niggas. He's fucking with all these niggas. And let me tell you another thing about him. If you fuck with, I hate to like, I, I hate to like drill out on this, but this is important. Nigga, if you fuck with anybody, fuck with Wayne. They love that nigga, and that nigga will give anybody and everybody a verse. In a heartbeat. Bruh, he incredible. Get that nigga his motherfucking flowers. Now you can hit the goddamn button. There we go. <laughs> oh. All right, so in closing, um, I want to just talk about, so Kevin Hart defended Will Smith over the Chris Rock slap at the Oscars and said, Dark Times deserve great light. Mm. Can you give me more more information on how he, how he, how he defended Will Smith? Well, him saying that Dark Times, that was his that was his response when they asked him about how he felt about the Chris, Okay. Was um, this on the Drink Champs show? Yes. Okay. So this was his response, pretty much saying like everything you gotta go through hard times to get the good times. Do you believe that Will Smith will be able to come out of this on top? I don't think he I don't think he's nowhere but on the top. I don't think he's ever left the top. He just did something stupid. He did something stupid that he admitted was stupid. And Listen, like I said, people do stupid shit. That Oscar shit happened, what, six months ago? Mm-hmm. Nigga, he's a different person today. <laughs> I'm a different person today than I was yesterday. I'm a better person today than I was yesterday. We got to give people a chance to grow. So Kevin Hart is a Philly guy. Philly sticks together. No city sticks together more than Philly. Outside of Philly, no city sticks together more than Philly, bro. Like, them dudes, like... They, they down with each other, love each other, hold each other down. So he's a Philly guy. So he stood with his man. But he's also on tour with Chris Rock right now. So, you know, he, he, he knows how to walk that fine line. And, you know. That's interesting. How can you be on tour with somebody who kind of disrespected me? No, no, he's on tour with Chris Rock. Chris yeah, Rock was disrespected by Will Smith. Yeah, so, but you're outside publicly defending the person that... I don't know if he publicly defended him. He, that doesn't sound like he defended him. I just said he said, give him grace. Giving someone grace and defending him is different. Defending yeah. someone is saying, well, he kind of had to do it because he did this and this. That's defending someone. Saying, you know, the darkest time needs the most light. That's giving someone grace. 
I don't know if he defended him. I just feel like he gave him grace. He said, um, people make mistakes, and <laughs> from mistakes, Mira. they <laughs> should be her. allowed time to fucking recover. And that is the... How is he defending him? The first thing he said is, people make mistakes. Yeah, I don't think it's more of a defense. He's not defending well, He's just saying, give him grace. He's publicly... A lot of people don't even want to publicly speak on Will Smith or say anything. And listen, let me say something. Like if two of my friends that. are beefing, and someone asked me about it, I'm going to speak my mind. But here's the difference. I guarantee you, which I guarantee you Kevin Hart did, but I'm going to tell both of those friends how I feel. They're not going to hear how I feel publicly. They're going to know this is how I felt because I hit them direct and told them, yo, this is how I feel. Call it a day. I think that's what Kevin Hart did. Thank you. This is um, the show. Anyway, so once again, my name is Tamara, a.k.a. Girl from Harlem. And this is Ray Daniels, a.k.a. The Culture Referee, where we talk about the GOATs and the underdogs, a.k.a. The God Show. Let's get it. Ooh, ooh. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.